0: You are locked on Packers. He did what? Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Cousins is taken down. Part of the locked on podcast network. Aaron Jones. Your team. Every day. With a dagger of a run. You are locked on Packers. Part of the locked on podcast network. Your team. Every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We know football is going to be different. This football season has already been different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for watching football. Wait, shh, shh, shh. wait, 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 wait. shh, shh, shh. Listen, listen, listen. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? That's the sound of all of the questions. All offseason, Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to pout the Packers? Do they have enough at receiver? What to make of this new run-heavy offense? That Matt LaFleur wants to put in place. The worst 13-3 and team in history. What are they going to be? What are they going to be? Where are those questions now? Because the Green Bay Packers went into U.S. Bank Stadium. A, by the way, very quiet U.S. Bank Stadium. And dominated the Minnesota Vikings from start to finish. In a game that ended 43 to 34, but was a two score game nearly the entire contest, and a game in which Aaron Rodgers was fantastic 32 of 44 for 364 and four touchdowns. Devontae Adams tied a franchise record and a personal best 14 catches for a buck 56 and two touchdowns. Marquez Valdez Scantling had four for 96 and a score. Alan Lazard had a touchdown. This was a virtuoso offensive performance. And the Packers came out a little sluggish in the red zone, or this would have been over at halftime. They came out in three drives and had three really good drives, came away with six points, and you're going... (sighs) And the Vikings offensively ran the ball right down their throat on their first drive, and it's 7-3 to three and you're going, oh, I guess it's just going to be one of those games. And then the Packers said, no. Aaron Rodgers was brilliant in this game, as was Matt LaFleur. The, the design of this offense is taking everything that we saw last year and turning the Shanahan tree up just a little bit. More formations, more personnel groupings. More tight formations, more spread formations, just more variance, more things to have to prepare for. And so many times Aaron Rodgers got to the line of scrimmage and got to pick out, okay, I know exactly what they're going to do. I know exactly what coverage they're in. This is the matchup I want to go to. How many times did he hit his back foot and fire with... Confidence knowing that that out route to Devontae Adams was open, that out route to Alan Lazard or MVS was open. You're going to play two man, it's outbreakers all day. Okay, you're going to leave that one safety in the middle of the field, slot fades, seam routes, attack the middle of the field in a different way. The Packers had the answers to everything the Vikings wanted to do defensively. You get off to a little bit of a slow start. Aaron Rodgers just goes out and starts slinging. 24-yard touchdown on the move to DeVonte Adams rolling to his right was vintage Aaron Rodgers. The bomb to MVS to break the game open a little bit. It ends up at that at that moment it's 22 to 7. Green Bay lets up a really sloppy field goal at the end of the first half and and makes it 22 to 10. But at that point you went, "Oh, okay." All of the stuff we heard about the Minnesota Vikings cornerback group, oh, they're playing well in camp. Well, maybe it's because they don't really have any receivers. Maybe it's because they don't actually have a great passing attack. It took Kirk Cousins until the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter to hit hundred yards passing. So you look at the final score and you say, oh, the Vikings scored 34 points and 24 in the fourth quarter and that's bad. Okay, I guess. But it was 22 to 10 at halftime, 29 to 10 in the third quarter, entering the fourth quarter, and the Packers still scored 14 in the fourth to assure a victory. They gave up 24 in the fourth quarter in a game where they're up three scores and they continued to score. And that's the difference that we saw Sunday. The Packers in the second half with a lead did not play like they were content to just have the lead. They didn't play conservatively with a lead like they did so many times last year. It was truly all gas, no break. And if they can continue to do that, then this is a team that can beat anybody, even with some of the rookies playing and and the, the young defenders, Holton Hill and Mike Hughes. These are not veteran corners. It was still tight coverage. Devontae Adams wasn't, schooling these guys all the time it was contested situations it was covered and Aaron Rodgers put the ball where it needed to be just about every time he dropped back to pass and and if you take out the Tim Boyle kneel downs at the end of the game the Packers averaged over five yards a carry on the ground So you have Aaron Rodgers throwing for 364. They put up over 500 yards of offense on Mike Zimmer. The second most amount of yards ever given up by a Mike Zimmer defense. The most in this matchup since Mike Zimmer has been the coach of the Vikings. And it was balanced. They got production from Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They got Tyler Irvin involved. Just a handful of touches. He only had four touches, but it seemed like he was out there and involved in a lot more plays. Four touches, 44 yards. I think you'll take 11 yards a touch. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, frustrating? Sure. Dropped two absolute dimes from Aaron Rodgers. One on a mesh route concept on a crosser. He's coming across the middle of the field on the third down. Can't make the catch. Would have been an easy third down conversion. Another later in the game. On a beautiful corner route, he's wide open, could have been a walk-in touchdown, just dropped it. Still, comes up later in the game with a seam route from the slot. Picked up an out route first down later in the game, four catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. That's 24 yards per catch, plus a 45-yard bomb touchdown at the end of the first half that really set the tone that's what this was going to be. It looked like the Packers were playing a little too conservatively at that point. Aaron Rodgers airs it out. He gets the score, and at no point did it seem like Aaron Rodgers was not in control of this game. At no point did he look flustered or like he didn't know what was coming, and, and there were times when they tried to outflank the Vikings, and the Vikings had it covered. Eric Kendricks with a whale of a game. Every time they attacked him, he seemed to have an answer for them. And he's one of the best linebackers in football. That is not surprising. And the Vikings get some credit for that. But for all the questions about how Green Bay was going to handle the pass rush, Yannick Ngakwe was a non-factor in this game in a game that the Packers had to shuffle. Billy Turner not out there at right tackle. Elton Jenkins... Gets the start instead. You put Lucas Patrick in at left guard. Oh, but in the middle of the game, Lucas Patrick gets hurt. You got to move Elton Jenkins back. And now Rick Wagner has to go in. And then Lane Taylor gets hurt. You have to put in John Runyon Jr. And nothing knocked this team off its course. Nothing prevented them from getting where they needed to go. And defensively, there's still questions. And we're going to talk about the defense in a little bit. They were not... Crisp defensively. Now, missing some key pieces, and we don't know how long Kenny Clark is going to be out. You hope that they are just being cautious with a lead, a groin injury, you know, a week to heal up. Luckily, against the Lions, you know, not as big a deal as it would be against the Vikings necessarily. We'll see. The Lions blowing a game late to the to the Bears. That Chicago had absolutely no business winning, but that's what Detroit does, especially in week one. They did it last year in week one, blowing a game. It's kind of who they are at this point. The Packers showed who they were. And all of the, oh, are they the worst 13 and 3 team ever? Big time regression, all that stuff. Who cares now? Who cares? They were a regression candidate coming in, and they were not as good as 13 and 3 last year. You know what they look like on Sunday? A 13 and 3 team. A 13 and 3 team goes out against a division rival in week one with no offseason, and because they have continuity and because they have a really good coach, we can say that now. Matt LaFleur proved it on Sunday. He is a really good coach. He went toe-to-toe with one of the best defensive minds in football and a really good defensive roster, and the Vikings had no answer. Mike Zimmer had no answer For this Packers offense. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers played great. And there was some wizardry. There was some prestidigitation. But there was also beautiful built-in plays, shovel passes, end arounds. I mean, Alan Lazard had two runs before he had a real target. Technically, one of them was a shovel pass catch. But it wasn't really. That's a run. It's a run. And he ended up with 60 yards and a touchdown. If you're going to get 60 yards and, you know, he, he's not going to score a touchdown every week, but if you get 60 yards and a big play from Alan Lazard every week and you get four catches from MVS and a big play every week and then you get Devontae Adams who absolutely proved he belongs in that Michael Thomas, Julio Jones discussion on Sunday. He is one of the best receivers in the league. If you have a, if you, if you have a discussion about the best receivers in football, and don't include Devontae Adams, you didn't really have that discussion because he is one of the best receivers in football. And this Packers team, I said it in the offseason, they don't need Aaron Rodgers the same way anymore because they have a run game, because they have a defense that can make plays, a defense made plays again on Sunday. Jair Alexander is a star. But their ceiling is dictated by how Aaron Rodgers plays. If he plays like this, for 16 weeks. Tell me why they can't be the best team in the conference. Tell me why. Because this offense against the top 10 defense from last year. And against a defense that I still expect to be very good. Sure, no Daniel Hunter. Those safeties are still great. You still have Ngakwe. You still have outstanding linebackers. And you have one of the best defensive minds in football. And Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and this offense absolutely carved them up. Did you have the food you wanted during the game? Do you, do you have something prepared for Monday night? Do you have, it's a, it's a long one. Remember, two games Monday night. We got a marathon. Do you have a late night option prepared and ready for you if you don't? And even if you do. DoorDash can bring you all of your favorites. DoorDash is the app that brings you your food right to your door whenever you need it. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery option from over 300,000 partner restaurants in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorites are still open for delivery. So check it out. Go to the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and the food will be left at your door when you order right now. Our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your delivery on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Today's episode is also brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with real healthcare professionals who can prescribe real medication. It's safe simple, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day delivery. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on NFL. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's get roman.com slash locked on NFL. There is still this question of the Packers' defense after a game like that. Because, obviously, you give up 34 to the Vikings and you give up 24 fourth-quarter points. That's something that it seems like you should be concerned about. And I think, to a certain extent, that's true. I just I want to go back for a second, though. And the Kenny Clark injury, obviously, looms over all of this. You need your your stud players if you want to win games. Green Bay, I think, can go into Detroit and beat the Lions without Kenny Clark. But if you want to go to New Orleans and beat the Saints, you need Kenny Clark. You want to go to Tampa and beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you need Kenny Clark. So all of this is contingent on you being relatively healthy. But we saw Zadarius Smith early in the game make a field-tilting play. Rashawn Gary was on the field a lot, and he made impactful plays on the game he was in Kirk Cousins face on the interception to Jair Alexander so that is something that we have to take into account here but just after after the touchdown after the touchdown when the Vikings went eight plays in 75 yards for the score made it look really really easy and then Green Bay gets stopped at the one yard line and you go oh here we go Well, the reason you go for it on fourth and one, and by the way, Matt LaFleur went twice on fourth and short, got it both times, and it was the right decision both times. Because you go on fourth and goal, you don't get it. Devontae Adams has to squeeze that. It's got to be a touchdown, but they're not able to do it. And in two plays, Mike Patton anticipates the play action by the Vikings, sends Jair Alexander off the slot, sacks Kirk Cousins, safety. Safety. All right, so that's the first drive after Minnesota scores, safety. Next drive after the safety, three plays, minus five. Next drive, two plays, interception. No yards given up. Now, uh, it's a pretty good three-drive stretch. They get a little sloppy. They give up a a, a long run on on what was a give-up play. I mean, it is... We're talking about there's 30 seconds left in the half. The Vikings run a draw play, and the corner slips on the edge. You get a big play. You get a, you get a penalty, and now it turns into a field goal. Those are the things that you can clean up. Those are the, the things that Green Bay is going to have to clean up because you, you, you just can't have them. But this is why I've talked all year and, and for multiple years about the run game defense. If Green Bay is going to score, it doesn't matter because you know you come out of halftime and you hear Jen Hale on the on the Fox broadcast talk about oh well what the Vikings really want to do is run run the ball you're you're down double digits what do you mean you haven't stopped green bay all day and you're going to run the ball okay cool the vikings did they had success running the ball and it didn't matter because green bay not only had built a lead but continued to score that's the difference that was the difference in those in those 49er games we talk about the run defense but Green Bay made the interceptions when they were presented. They made the the field-tilting plays that they needed to make, and the offense came through. That was the difference. Run defense is the same, and and they weren't all-time bad. So you get your turnovers, your offense plays well, and nothing else matters. Also, if we just go back for a second, okay, they score the touchdown. Safety, Vikings drive, punt, interception, Field goal, punt, turnover on downs. That's the game. That's the game. Because the Vikings turn it over on downs. That's in the third quarter. The Packers go and score a touchdown. It's 29-10. Game's over at that point. You're not com- If you're the Vikings, you're not coming back from down 19. Now, yes, the Vikings scored three straight touchdowns. That's 21 points, by the way. But Green Bay traded touchdowns. I mean, the end of the of the game play sheet actually looks hilarious because the Vikings turn it over on downs and it goes Packers touchdown, Vikings touchdown, Packers touchdown, Viking touchdown, Packers touchdown, Vikings touchdown. That's the game. It's over now. But that's the difference. This is this is the point I was trying to make in the first in the first segment. The Packers offense stayed aggressive. They didn't let the Vikings just close the gap down. It's a game that ends, uh, you win by nine. It was a 12-point game at half. Well, the difference really is that the the Packers matched the scoring in the second half. They scored 21. The Vikings scored three touchdowns and went for two each time. But in terms of touchdowns, Packers matched the touchdowns in the second half. And that is why they won. And they won by nine. That's a real two-score game. Not a one-score game, a two-score game. And the margin of victory was really higher. The Packers outplayed the Vikings. And I know that, you know, you look at yards per play, which is a metric that I think is important. Green Bay gives up, you know, 7.8 yards per play, but not in the first half. And when you're playing from ahead the whole time, yeah, there's going to be some disparity, especially at the end of the game. The Packers let up in the fourth quarter. They played a lot of prevent defense. And that's fine. You know why it's fine? Because they were up three scores. They were up three scores because the offense was awesome. And if your defense is going to give up 34 points because your offense scored 43, you're going to take that because there are going to be weeks when the offense doesn't score and the defense steps up. We saw the defense do it last year. So assuming Kenny Clark is healthy, and that's the caveat, I'm not worried yet about this defense. Also, most teams are not going to run it the way the Vikings can. Most teams don't have Dalvin Cook. Most teams don't have Gary Kubiak. Most teams are not going to stay as committed to the run game as the Vikings did. And Green Bay is probably not going to score 40 points every week and not going to be in prevent situations. I mean, they were winning the whole game. And if you look at when the game was close, that was the stretch that I just went through. I mean, with the game within two scores, when the game was within two scores, okay? So before Green Bay goes up 29-10, they had given up one touchdown drive. And there was the field goal drive as well. They'd given up 10 points. And we're talking about, you know, until through three quarters, 10 points. That's good enough to win when you score 40. So, okay, you don't love giving up 24 in the fourth quarter. I get it. Still, they only gave up 10 through three quarters. This is a lot like the Cowboys game. They dominated that game, and they dominated this game, and that is ultimately what matters. And if you want to dominate your diet. The easiest way to do it is with something delicious. Bilt Bar can bring you that delicious thing that you want to eat. You already want to eat it, but you don't want to feel bad about it. You want it to be healthy. You want it to be useful to your body. And Bilt Bar makes the best tasting protein bar ever. Flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake added to a loaded roster, peanut butter, salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie, toffee almond, peanut butter brownie. Go for the big flavors. Okay, I'm telling you, all the feedback that I've gotten on the on the big flavors, the the flashy flavors have been awesome. And I haven't I can't admit to having tried all of them, but I have tried a lot of them and all of them have been delicious. Absolutely delicious. Don't go small. Don't get don't get vanilla. Don't get chocolate. Get German chocolate. Get peanut butter brownie. Get the good stuff because you can because these are low carb, high fiber, low sugar, high protein bars. Great for keto, great for someone who just wants to have something sweet and not feel crappy about it. Right now, you get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. I don't think we can talk about week one and not talk about how weird it was. And and once you're you're watching the game and the actual football wasn't that different, but there's no question that not having fans altered or at least affected the outcome of this game. There's just no question. Aaron Rodgers was in complete control. I mean, multiple hard count into first down situations, free play, big play, You can't go into U.S. Bank Stadium and get free plays off hard counts. That does not happen, will not happen in any other situation except this year. But it can happen in this altered environment. And it absolutely impacted the game on Sunday. So you think about going to New Orleans. It's different. It's going to be different. You're not going to leave with a headache and nausea. You're going to be able to get free plays. You're going to be able to use the hard count. You're going to get in and out of the huddle. You can make all your signals. Now, the Packers are going to have to account for teams scouting the signals. They're going to have to change up the the verbiage that they use week to week because teams are going to be able to listen and hear it. But if you're the Packers and you have the greatest hard count quarterback ever, the greatest free play artist who has ever lived, and, and it's not even close, guys. It's not even close. No one has ever been able to do what Aaron Rodgers has done, even a little. Even a little. It is such an advantage for Green Bay, and it's more of an advantage to Green Bay than it is for anyone else. And it's going to be an every week kind of thing because every time they go on the road, this 70 decibel stuff, I mean, for the first quarter, I couldn't even hear it. It was like I th- I, I thought maybe the Minnesota... Game Ops person had just forgot to put the CD in. Because I assume it's a CD because the NFL is too lo-fi to have an MP3 or something. I mean, that's what I assumed. And as the game wore on, it didn't didn't really change much. So, uh, this is something that the Packers are going to be able to take advantage of all year. Now, the injuries here are a problem. Kenny Clark has to be healthy for this team to win, as I said. The Lane Taylor injury is a little bit more manageable. Because if Elton Jenkins is good, and he is, maybe he's the right tackle of the future. What we saw in the in the first quarter before the Lucas Patrick injury suggests that he can handle playing right tackle. Maybe he is your right tackle of the future. But if he's not, leave him at left guard. Rick Wagner was fine. Rick Wagner was fine at right tackle against plenty of reps versus Yannick Ngakwe. So you're really fine offensively right now. If you're, if you're going to slide someone in there, John Runyon Jr. performed admirably. Now, the Vikings don't have any interior players that you worry about anymore, but guess what? The Lions don't really either. Now, the Saints do, so you want either Turner. Hopefully, Lane Taylor avoided serious injury, but that is hard to imagine right now. I, I, we probably won't find out for another day or two what the situation is with Lane Taylor, but... Uh, it, it is something that I think you have to be concerned about for Green Bay because it hurts your depth, but John Runyon came in and, and played well. In in small, it's a small sample size for sure, but he came in and he he did the thing. So, okay, you get Billy Turner back, he can play guard or tackle, and you, you feel good about the depth of the, the, this offensive line, especially now seeing someone like Elton Jenkins who can play tackle. If you can get Lucas Patrick back, hopefully the shoulder injury is not serious. Then you have Turner, who can play guard or tackle. You still have Lucas Patrick, who can play any of the three interior spots. You're still in good shape. This Packers offensive line was awesome on Sunday. I, I think all of the questions were overblown. Oh, the right tackle—it's a disaster. I mean, that's what that's what NFC North fans wanted to believe. The Bears fans and the Vikings fans and the Lions fans wanted to believe. Oh, it's a disaster. It's it's the end of the it's the end of the world. Right tackle is a dumpster fire. No, it's not. Relax, it's fine, it's fine, and it was it was more than fine on Sunday. The Packers get to now play a Detroit Lions team with less pass rush, really, than the Vikings with a coach who you don't trust nearly as much. Now, probably a better offense, but Kenny Galladay is hurt, and this is a team that just like it seems to enjoy blowing games. So here's what we know: the Packers are one and zero. They've got some guys who are hurt, and they still won the game. You don't have your starting inside linebacker. You didn't have Raven Green. Hopefully, he's able to go against Detroit. You can be better. That's what's crazy. They they beat the doors off the Vikings. They beat up a division rival, a really good division rival, a team that a lot of people pick to win the division and go to the playoffs. Not 100% and not playing their best. Think about that. Think about that, and we'll talk Tomorrow. Expert Tuesday. We've got Lily Zhao on Wednesday. Our opponent Thursday with Locked on Lions. Matt Derry will be on the program. And then, of course, our live show, Periscope, Friday, 5 Central, 6 Eastern, live, and then it'll be in your feed As soon as it goes up after that, remember, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski, follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers, like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, I got some messages during the game from it because the Packers won, probably not as many as I would normally get. Usually, usually when you guys are pissed, that's when I get the most But uh, hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.